I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead. And what you got for me, Dallas Mavericks. Holy cow. What a game we have to recap today. Isaac is still out on vacation having his Christmas today, so he did not have to witness the Mavericks fall and collapse, their complete collapse, 30-point comeback for the Raptors in this game. We will break it all down here. The Mavericks lose 107 to 110. Kyle Lowry went completely nuclear in the fourth quarter. Uh, just, man, a crazy game. We'll have to break it all down. We'll do a full breakdown of the game, and then we'll also... We're going to play a game. We're going to play a game called Who Do You Blame? And I put that tweet out on Twitter. It had hundreds of responses. It feels like everyone that follows me is responding to this right now. Um, Just who do you blame at this point? Are you mad? Are you upset? And uh, yeah, 128 128 people have said, I've talked about this tweet already and have replied to it. So there's a lot of people getting blamed right now for this Mavericks loss. So we'll get into that in the third segment. Uh, But coming up this week, we have, you know, it's kind of up and down, you know, it's Christmas week. And so not exactly sure what our schedule is going to be. Isaac is back. So we should be able to hear from Isaac possibly Tuesday. Uh, What is that? Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve, you should have a podcast from me and Isaac together again. Uh, Probably we'll have a podcast from me and Kirk, Kirk Sirius for uh, Monday, possibly Tuesday. So we'll see. Uh, but it's up and down schedule this week. This is one of the few weeks in you know in the entire year where you won't have consistent podcasts from us. So just hold tight. We'll be back to five days a week after the new year and uh, and all that. So, oh man, how are you feeling right now, Dallas Mavericks fans? Because this going into this game, you were kind of feeling good about the Mavericks. You were feeling, man, they just beat this Philadelphia team. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, they're playing really well without Luka. There's just a lot of signs. People making all the jokes, you know, can the Mavericks trade Luka? The Mavericks should trade Luka. Like, all the ridiculous jokes, obviously. Just some big wins, though. On the road against the Bucks, On the road at the Sixers. Team, You know, wins were getting brought up for when Luka was still in the lineup, too. Oh, this team also beat the Lakers in L.A. They also beat the Rockets in Houston. They beat the Nuggets in Denver. What is this team? I even put it out there. I thought this is what we we're going to talk about today is, what do you think that the Mavericks ceiling is right now? And I put a bunch of different options on there. The number one option is that most Mavs fans think that this team can win a playoff series. And that's what they expect from this team. Not what they hope, but what they expect. And so going into a game like this against the Raptors in Toronto, which, you know, is not the, the greatest place to play because they're they're champions and their fans show up in Jurassic Park and all that. But the Raptors without Pascal Siakam, which is huge, huge, massive for this Mavericks team to be without Pascal Siakam. He should be in the running for uh, probably the MVP this year. I mean, he has been incredible this season. They were also without Marc Gasol, and they were also without um, – there's one more guy that was missing. Oh, uh, Norman Powell, their starting two guard. They were without Norman Powell. So this was this was looking to be possibly the easiest of the five-game stretch the Mavericks just played. They just played against the Heat at the Bucks versus the Celtics at the Sixers and at the Raptors. And 
you look at that lineup and Luka Doncic goes down two minutes into the first game against the Heat. You look at that five-game stretch and you say, man, how many wins would you be okay with if you're a Mavericks fan to come out of in that stretch? I said two. If the Mavericks got two, I'd be, I would have been ecstatic. And they got two. They got one at the Bucks, one at the Sixers. We'll just keep talking about those wins because I think they were massive for the Mavericks. But somehow, after this game, you're like, uh, could we get more? Could there have been more? Could it have been better? They lose by four to the Miami Heat. They lose by six to the Celtics. And now this game, they lose by three to the Raptors after having a 30-point you know, lead in the game. It's wild, the expectations for this Mavericks team now. Because at the beginning of the season, for me, I was waffling back and forth. Man, this team, if they put it all together, they can be a 50-win team. But what do I really expect? I kind of think, and Isaac and I talked about this a lot during the offseason. We did pods so much during the offseason about what the expectations should be for this Mavericks team. And I kind of came away at the beginning of the season thinking that this should be a 41-win team. And now the expectations have been raised. The expectations of this, this Mavericks team because they have... You know, exceeded everything we thought. And then Luka goes out, and then they exceed everything we thought and more after that too, getting those two big wins. And now Mavericks on the other side of it. The Mavericks kind of got, I think they got a little baited. I think they got a little baited in this game. It might have been a trap game for the Mavericks, even though it was on the road, even though they were without Luka. It was kind of a trap game for them because I talked about this a lot last week that I really love this Mavericks team because, and I was even saying this during the game when they were up 30, that this Mavericks team, they're talking a lot more on defense. They seem like they're more cohesive. They're trying. They're getting these offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds were huge in this game. We'll get to it. But the Mavericks then, they kind of, it seems like they got cocky. And honestly, it feels like Rick Carlisle's pulling starters and wanted to get Porzingis some you know time on the bench. He didn't play a lot in the fourth quarter until the very end when it became dire. They weren't playing Powell. They weren't playing Maxi. Dwight Powell had been one of the best players for the Mavericks on the floor, and he doesn't see the court much in the fourth quarter. I don't know, I don't know if at all uh, that I can think of. And the Mavericks play really bad when they're really small without one of their big men in. They don't play very well at all. And it was just a very... It was a very interesting game for the Mavericks to kind of end. It sort of feels like end the year on, right? It feels like they're ending 2019. They have three days off now. They play the day after Christmas. And they get three days to kind of think about this loss and to think about how they blew that. And maybe they get Luka back. That's kind of another report going on right now that the Mavericks could potentially get Luka back for the 26th uh, against the Spurs. That's a home game. But it could also be you know, the game at the Warriors the 28th or at the Lakers the 29th. Um, but we'll see. All right, coming up, let's get into this game. Let's break it down fully, and then we'll get into who do you blame. All right, Mavs fans, let's break down this game. Um, going into the game, Luka was obviously out. Marcus Gasol, Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell were out for the Raptors. The Mavericks started. They, they missed their first 11 shots of the game. Just a terrible, terrible start for the Mavericks. Just a completely terrible, awful start. Everything that could be going could could go wrong went wrong for the Mavericks. They ended up only scoring 17 points, which is just barely off their worst quarter of the entire season. And it started to look at this game, and it's the, the first quarter also kind of you know alludes to the expectations for this Mavericks team. You go into the game, you're playing so bad in the first quarter. They score 17 points, the best offense in the NBA. It just seems like oh, this is an off night. The Mavericks aren't going to win this one. It's on the road, you know. If the Mavericks had just lost wire to wire after that first quarter, I don't think fans would be as upset. I don't think people would be, you know, destroying my mentions right now about the Mavericks and about, you know, people calling for Rick Carlisle's head and all that stuff. We'll get to that. 
in the uh, the who do you blame segment. But if <laughs> the Mavericks then end up responding after that, but the first quarter was was really bad. Uh, it was just it was it was awful. We did get. Ryan Brokoff back in. We got DeLon right. He got a video tribute from the Toronto Raptors, which is pretty awesome. Um, but Ryan Brokoff played again instead of Justin Jackson. Uh, that was a, a little bit of interesting move for Carlisle. It seems like Jackson now is in the doghouse and Ryan Brokoff. Now this is two games, three games. So we've gotten Brokoff in a row, which is kind of big. And uh, I thought he played decently well. He, he, was, he was leading the Mavericks in scoring. And at one point during the game, he had six points and nobody else had more than that. Obviously, that's what you do to lead a team in scoring. But the Mavericks, yeah, they, they went on a, a little run in the in the first quarter. They went on like an 8-0 run with DeLon Wright on the floor. And DeLon Wright, I mean, coming back to Toronto and you know playing in front of that crowd, maybe that gave him a little bit of burst, but I thought he was just so great in that opening first quarter. And to just kind of help the Mavericks right the ship. We, we talk a lot about, you know, when's the J.J. Brea beacon going up? And we'll talk about that in this game for sure because I feel like they really could have used him. But DeLon Wright, I feel like there's that calming force. Also just a guy that can make plays and do things. He only finished with five points, five rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And uh, really only hit that one three. He was minus 17 for the game. He was out there during that huge run for the Raptors. But I thought he was pretty good at the beginning of the game. And then uh, the Mavericks go on a 10-2 run to end the quarter. The Mavericks shot five of 23 from the field in the first quarter. Just absolutely awful their shots were not going down but the good thing for them at that point was the Raptors shots weren't going down either they were they only had scored 20 points in the first quarter Mavericks defense was kind of holding them the Mavericks also committed seven turnovers on offense themselves and so just a terrible awful first quarter for the Mavericks and just now that we know hindsight it's kind of the bookend of this game they played terrible at the beginning and they played terrible at the end going into the second second and third quarter the Mavericks scored 34 points in the second quarter 35 points in the third quarter and they held the Raptors to just um, what is that 43 points in the second and third quarter combined so the Mavericks outscored them 69 nice to 43 <laughs> just an, an incredible middle of the game for the Mavericks and how they did that was they got a bunch of rebounds they got a bunch of offensive rebounds they got a bunch of stops they're hitting shots they're confidently shooting and one thing I really want to bring up that was highlighted in this game is the role players for the Mavericks. And now they're, maybe besides Porzingis, they're essentially all role players at this point. The entire team is without Luka. The, the role players for the Mavericks have kind of added to their games over the last couple of years, especially the guys that we've seen for a couple of years now. Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith, especially Dwight Powell in this game. And we saw this from Maxi in the Philadelphia 76ers game, that they can attack closeouts when they're on the three-point line stretching the floor and the Mavericks can kind of play five out with pretty much anybody on the floor but Boban. And Dwight Powell hit two threes in this game, and so he was stretching the floor as well. The Mavericks stretched the floor, and when you swing it over to Maxi or Dorian or Dwight Powell in this game and a defender runs up to them to close out and to, to try and stop them or heed them from you know hit, shooting a three-point shot, and they can drive, and there's a wide-open lane because everyone else is spacing the floor, I think that does so much for a team because it moves things around. Things are moving. Things are in motion. You're not just standing stagnant. You're not just waiting for a guy. They don't just hold the ball and look around to see, okay, who do I pass to now? They're actually moving, making things happen. The guys get, you know, passes off from those most from those movements a lot, from those drives, attacking closeouts. And Dwight Powell had a couple times. He finished with 17 points, nine boards, three assists, a steal, and a block. He had a great game back in Canada. He also got a tribute video, by the way, which I thought was <laughs> kind of weird. But Dwight Powell 
was attacking some of these closeouts, got an and one off of that as well. And it just it's so big for this Mavericks team that those three guys are able to add that to their game. Now, they can't they still can't score in the mid-range, right? You're not really going to ask them to do that. Maxi even tried, you know, <laughs> what we see Luca doing, like the drive and floater thing in the mid-range, and it was not working for him at all. But it was great to see from from that and while things were going well for the Mavericks, I thought we'd highlight some more good things. The Mavericks end up getting a 30-point lead on the on the Raptors with three minutes to go in the third quarter, basically. A um, couple things that I wrote. Offensive rebounds have been huge for the Mavericks. Mavs and hands and arms have been everywhere swiping at the ball. Just a huge run. Nick Nurse got a technical foul with, with four minutes and 33 seconds left. The Mavericks were up by 28 at that point. And it just seemed like it was, you know, Nick Nurse for the Raptors. The Raptors coach was just saying, you know, come on, guys. Give me something. Like, get, give me something. And then... Uh, yeah, the Mavericks scoring at that point had completely picked up. They're they're in total control of this game, and then going into the fourth quarter, we kind of saw it. We kind of saw it at the very beginning because the Mavericks were up and they're up 28, and the Raptors went on a little seven to two run, and they went on that little seven to two run, and that doesn't seem like a lot, right? That's only five points that they're that they're you know narrowing the margin of the Mavericks lead, but. 7-2 run brought the brought the crowd back into the game. People didn't leave, at least you know the people that were there. It was an earlier game in the afternoon. I think it started like 3.30 Eastern time, which is what Toronto was in. And the, got the crowd back into the game. And Carlisle called a timeout after it. And you just think, man, that's just a 7-2 run. The crowd's kind of back into it. It seems kind of stupid at that point. But these are NBA teams. Like Anybody can get hot at any given night. What the three-point line has allowed... You know, teams to do is what Kyle Lowry did in this fourth quarter, just to completely come back, completely, you know, take over a game to uh, score really quick, really fast, <laughs> score a lot very quickly, and that's what they ended up doing. Uh, at about ten minutes left, the Mavericks were up, still up twenty-five, but the Raptors went super small. They uh, the Mavericks countered with Delon Wright, Brunson, Curry, Ryan Brokoff, and Dorian Finney-Smith on the floor. And if you know, if you've heard, if you listen to us a lot, you know that I hate these lineups. I just cannot stand when the Mavericks have to go super small, try to match up to guys. And the Raptors didn't even go super small. They still had Chris Boucher out there, but the Mavericks decided to go super small to try and, I guess, keep Maxi and Dwight out of foul trouble, which they weren't really in, to definitely keep Porzingis' legs and to try and give him a rest. Uh, he ended up going back in with about eight minutes left, but they go super small. And the, Maver- the the Raptors just go on this tear. They go on this complete tear. They went on a 20-7 to run to start the fourth quarter. The Mavericks then had to bring Porzingis back in. And it was at that point where you just look and say, man, the Mavericks, they, they need, when they're playing all these role players and they don't have a guy like Luka that can get his own shot, they can't play like that. They can't play with all these small guys. They need these big guys to set screens. They need big guys to you know stretch the floor for them and to uh, run their offense. And I wonder if this is sort of, Maybe this is a knock on Carlisle. The Mavericks cannot run their system, their offense, when they don't have a big man because it's just so dependent on a big man to pick and roll, pick and pop, you know, do whatever that they need to do. And that last play kind of shows it too when they try to run a pick and pop with with Seth Curry. So get to the end of the game. Kyle Lowry, I mean, just the fourth quarter is basically can be summed up by just saying that Kyle Lowry went crazy. <laughs> Kyle Lowry went nuts. He ended, He finished the game with, what, 32 points? 10 assists, and he was running out there not with, 
you know, the starters, not with, you know, OG Ananobi, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet, those guys finished the game uh, like all minus 20 to 27. <laughs> they were, you know, they were not in the game when this comeback was happening. The guys that had the biggest plus minus, which I'm not saying that this is, you know, indicative to, you know, how good these players are, but just when they were on the floor and what happened, like Malcolm Miller, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, they were all like plus 25, plus 29, plus 31. <laughs> they came, Kyle Lowry came back with these backups. It almost felt like, you know, when Jimmy Butler took the third string against the Minnesota Timberwolves guys, <laughs> he ended up coming back. Uh, but they, they end up making a huge comeback. The Mavericks, you know, they're just collapsing on Kyle Lowry and Kyle Lowry is kicking it out to guys. You know, what did Chris Boucher finish with? He, was, he had 21 points. That guy can't even hit a jumper. and <laughs> He finished with 21 points. Just an incredible, incredible game from him. And he was incredible on the defensive end too. Um, and then at the very end of the game, the Mavericks were they they got the lead back, and then the then Lowry you know took it from him when he threw the ball up to Chris Boucher. He got a dunk. The Mavericks you know were then down by one. Called the timeout, and after the timeout, they call a clear out for Brunson. Now Brunson in this game, he's he was a lot better than he has been you know when we've criticized him in the past in these last couple games out Luca. Put up numbers again, 21 points, four boards, nine assists. I think he only had two turnovers. But at the very end, they call a clear out for Brunson, and he picks up his dribble. Just probably the worst mistake you can make in that very moment. Now, I can't blame this on Brunson. We'll play the blame game in a minute. But I can't blame this on Brunson. There's a lot of other things that have to happen in this game for the Mavericks to lose. And I think it started at the beginning of the fourth quarter when they really started to let Lowry go crazy. And they were playing super small. They went away from what was working for them in this game. And I didn't feel like they... I didn't feel like they tried to do what Skin says and to, to put their, you know, what is it? Put their neck on the foot, put their foot on the neck of the other team. And I didn't really feel like they, they did that. They tried to get away with, you know, let's you know sit our guys. Let's not play our bigs. Let's just try to play small and, you know, match up to what Toronto is doing and then just try and ride this game out. And hopefully we won't give up the lead enough so that we'll lose. And so that's where, I, where this game kind of got away from the Mavericks. So that's kind of the game coming up. Let's break down. The Mavericks, um, who do you blame? Let's play it. Let's go to the mentions. I have a ton of them. I'll read a bunch of your guys' mentions and what you guys are saying. So let's get into that coming up. But before we do, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NBA. That's locked NBA, not locked on. Locked NBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all the other offers, all the other ads at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. There's a link in the description of this podcast. All right, let's get into it. Who do you blame? I just tweeted this. Okay, let it out here, Mavs fans. This is a safe tweet space. Who are you mad at? Let's go through them. Uh, Sydney Myers says the very apt. Don't you know that you're not allowed to criticize any loss? Yeah, I completely understand that. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it feels like the Mavericks are without blame, but tonight I don't think it's one of those nights. Uh, PS says, Coach, f it. Yeah, a lot of people are blaming the coach. People are calling for his head. You wonder if you know what I mentioned during that, that during that stretch when you went super small against the Raptors. I wonder if that's kind of what ignited, you know, the the. Star Wars is out right now with the Resistance, and uh, remember in the Last Jedi when they said we are the spark that'll ignite the flame of the Resistance. You know, I wonder if that was that moment for the Raptors. That just that moment when it felt like they could get anything they wanted, and it felt like the Raptors got back into that game. So 
Carlisle, I'm sure he's taking taking blame himself. Um, but yeah, Pablo says, hope this closes the sick discussion about the Mavs being better without Luka. We need Luka, no questions asked. I don't think anyone really, maybe just that one dude that, uh, that tweeted the Mavericks are better without Luka. I don't know if that's a real thing. Uh, uh, Simbashri says, I think he hooked the accountant for that air ball open three. That was a premature hook. He'd been better than okay on defense. He's talking about, you know, the accountant is obviously Ryan Brokoff. And he airballed a three in the corner, and Rick Carlisle kind of took him out. And it took away a three-point shooter. It took away a guy. I don't know if Ryan Brokoff not playing the game made the Mavericks lose or caused the Mavericks to lose. I don't know if that's what we should be mad about, but I understand that that was pretty pretty a premature hook. A lot of people, like Mavs main, saying Jalen, um, saying that Jalen Brunson. Uh, Miha says, well, I guess now we know Brunson is not a clutch player, too. Why is JJ not playing? Disappointing that the team's allowed... That team allows to lose a game went up by 30 points. I hope they learn something from this. Don't rush Luca back. Season is still long. That's true. A lot of that. I feel like he went from he took all the stages of grief in, in one tweet there. Um, you know, just like what is it? Acceptance that Jalen Brunson is not a clutch player, which Jalen Brunson has made some clutch plays. He's not, you know, the greatest clutch player in the NBA. He's not Luca either, but he's made some incredible plays. And you're in this game because of Jalen Brunson. We're gonna, I'm gonna keep saying that because it's just the same thing. Uh, he's not a superstar player, but you win games because of Jalen Brunson. And if he's the guy that you're relying on, if Seth Curry is not playing well, which I kind of blame Seth Curry for this this game as well because he just didn't play well, then if you're just relying solely on Jalen Brunson, it's not gonna be the greatest NBA team at this point. Roberta says, my whole Latvian family is mad at Carlisle. Should have let Porzingis and Hardaway out on the court right when the Raptors started their comeback, not when the lead was cut to only 10 points. That's a good point from Roberta and her Slovenian family. And shout out to all the Slovenians and Europeans out there and people from all over the world. I mean, go look at Lockdown Mavs. I tweeted out, you know, where is everyone watching this game from? It was incredible to see all the different countries that the Mavericks are being watched and that are listening to this podcast too. Uh, Saudi Arabia was mentioned, Turkey. There's just all the places all over the world that people were watching. So, so go look at that tweet and go look at all the replies because I thought that was incredible. And I completely agree with Roberta that, you know, to keep Hardaway and w- amazing that we're talking about Hardaway as a guy that helps the Mavericks get a lead and put the and uh, you know extend a lead at this point. He was a guy that we were a lot we were really mad at, at the beginning of the season, but um, yeah, they kind of he let it. You know, he let that run happen a little bit too long. Rambo says all the Mavs were somehow dropping that game. Completely agree. Uh, It's Dave says Rick mostly. I understand some of the things he was trying to do, but holy crap, let's at least let me see what putting KP back in during Toronto's run looks like. And how about some JJ to try and stop the bleeding? Also, I don't really think Ed Malloy cares for the Cuban, uh, for the Cuban Mavs. Completely understand (laughs) that point. I don't think the refs really had anything to do with this game. They were all over the place. They were really sloppy early in the game as well, but I feel like it was kind of both sides, and maybe the Mavs got a couple more calls <laughs> than, than the Raptors did in the game. I could be wrong on that, but that's what I saw. Uh, let's talk about J.J. Barea. Definitely in the first quarter, and several times throughout the game, even you know before the fourth quarter, felt like the Mavericks needed J.J. Barea. Uh, definitely during the first quarter, but they could have used a guy that could just right the ship, the role that we've been calling for him to have the entire season. And they didn't end up going to him. The beacon was never fully lit. We never really called for him because the Mavericks took that huge lead. But then 
at what point during the fourth quarter do you put him in? Now we get to the argument again and we can joke and, you know, make inside jokes about, well, he was sitting the entire game. How can he come out there and play? But uh, when should they have gone to J.J. Brea? I think is a very fair question because the Mavericks really needed somebody to just calm them down, get maybe, uh, no, hit a couple buckets. But even J.J. Barea, I think that they should have played him, but even J.J. Barea wasn't going to get stops on Kyle Lowry, and that's what they really needed. And maybe that goes back to this Mavericks need for another defender, a guy that can guard guards, a guy that can guard wings. You know, one more guy that they can throw at him and try that. And Drew Holiday is a name that's been mentioned a lot. I don't think the Mavs can get their hands on him, but Mavericks still do need a guy like that. And I think this game kind of shows exactly why that happened. Um, a lot of people saying Jalen Brunson. Uh, also, uh, Ollie says also either Mark or Harp basically called the game as a W for the Mavs in the third quarter. That has to stop. Sure, I guess I understand that, but I, we can call out Harp for a lot of things. But calling the game and jinxing the Mavericks, I'm not really, I'm not really into that being you know called. Carlisle for not illuminating the Berea beacon. That's what Bucket says. Yeah, completely, completely gracious. The, the beacon should have been lit. Uh, And then a lot of people, this is my favorite answer, and we'll end with this. A lot of people blaming the Mavericks' loss and saying, I said, who are you mad at? Jason Garrett. (laughs) The game's still going on as I'm recording this, but uh, I completely understand being mad at Jason Garrett. All right, we'll be back probably with Kirk tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with some more podcasts this week, but not every single day. Guys, we appreciate you listening all the time to Lockdown Mavs. You've had an incredible year, and we'll keep talking about that and thanking you guys. And, uh, yeah, look for more stuff to come in the new year. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.